I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying touch them all. Way back and gone! Touch them all, Joe Maurer! And now these guys are making it relevant to this year's Twins. Now, our two resident hardball nerds will attempt to touch them all on the week's news surrounding the Twins in MLB. Here's Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore. Happy trade deadline week, and welcome to another episode of the Touch Em All podcast, where the Twins finally pulled the trigger on the long-rumored Jaime Garcia trade. Wasn't it the Braves finally pulled the trigger? Well, I guess both teams sort of pulled the trigger. They mutually pulled a trigger. I wonder if John Hart, the GM, I think he's still the GM of the Braves, right? John Hart, who used to be on MLB Network, if he just like didn't know that Nick Birdie had Tommy John's hurt. <laughs> I doubt it. I heard that apparently the physicals that are exchanged are exchanged before the season. Yeah. I don't know if it was you that told me that or not, but I think it was but that, me that like, told you that. Maybe that John Hart was like tapped on the shoulder and said, hey, you know the guy that we just agreed to trade for? I yeah, he just had TJ it. surgery, so we should probably go back to... It's funny, that thought crossed my mind. <laughs> I don't think that could be the case. So many people are involved in the now that that I I would be stunned if it was something like that. But it's an, it, I mean the Twins go back and basically make the same trade. I think you could argue, you know, Oscar you know is not quite as far along as Nick Birdie, but I think that you could say like as far as lottery tickets go, they're sort of similar. I mean, you know is a guy they paid a fair amount of money at the international signing period a couple years ago. And yeah, he's still in rookie ball, fine. But like Nick Birdie, just because he got to Chattanooga and was succeeding, he's also been an injury liability, and there's no guarantee that he's a dominant closer in the future. He, he might be. Um, so, But I don't know. It's interesting to me that the Twins were willing to absorb some of that salary and, and basically make the same kind of trade despite the first one falling apart. I like the trade. I, I it's, it's, not a, a, it's not a massive needle-moving trade for the Twins, and... We're recording this halfway through the Dodgers series, so they still have two games against the Dodgers, and I guess it would be six days until the trade deadline. They're 500 right now, mm-hmm. so they need to play some good baseball this week, I think, so that it 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 makes the trade more meaningful, and that you're going to be above 500 and maybe have a chance to take over at least second place in your division with Jaime Garcia. But also, I think you need to play good baseball this week to show sometime this week in the front office. Here, here's what I think they're playing for this week. You could go out and get some rent-a-reliever, a Pat Neshek type, and uh, and maybe have that guy help you for the next two months. If you were in a better position than you are right now, and I'm not sure if this week changes that, if you were to roll off like four four straight wins on the West Coast and you know put yourself back within a half game of first place, which would be unlikely, I think at least then you could consider trading maybe a fringe top 10 organizational prospect for a year and a half of reliever team control, like a Brad Brock or an A.J. Ramos, the guys that we've been talking about for a couple weeks on this podcast. Right now, watching them flail against the Tigers and watching, just looking at the difference in roster, Dodgers versus Twins, you're just staring at it, you know, face-to-face. Bartolo Colon trying to get through a lineup for the third time and just getting shelled in the fifth inning. Yeah, It's even more reason to not, dish out top 10 organizational prospect assets for even a really good reliever at this point. I mean, they're in third place now in the division. Yeah, the Royals just got better. Let me ask you, because it sounds like you're sort of, uh, what's the phrase, beating around the bush? Is that a phrase? I guess I am. I'll ask you to dive into this bush here, which is, 
Would you still consider selling if you're the Twins even after yes. securing Jaime Garcia? Yes, I would. In fact, the Braves just sold Jaime Garcia. But John Heyman, who I believe is fairly plugged in still, works for MLB Network, FanRag Sports, used to be CBS, he reported the Braves are still in on Sonny Gray. <laughs> so I think it just shows you there's, there's about eight teams that are kind of around that 500 mark, and the new playoff format combined with a really top-heavy Major League Baseball standings chart period where you just have Astros and Dodgers are eating up all the wins, and you've got those eight teams or whatever it is, that don't know if they should buy or sell. Right. And they're all sort of waiting out this small sample size of games before the trade deadline to figure out what they should do. But don't you think, and people might, maybe people listen to this trade deadline extravaganza. Maybe they listen uh, four days from now and the Twins have already rolled off like four straight long. Maybe, maybe their fate is already sealed. If they were to lose the rest of their games in Los Angeles, so they get swept by the Dodgers. Possible. And then they lose, let's say, two out of three to Oakland. And now they're multiple games below 500, and they're five games back of the Indians, or six games back. Hmm. And a team comes calling for Irvin Santana, maybe not a huge offer. Wouldn't it be wise to entertain that? I mean, they. But but then again, if they were to take two out of three from Oakland, they win a game against the Dodgers this week. I hate to boil baseball down to any kind of a small sample because it's meant to be played over six months. It's meant to be played over a long stretch of time. But I really think if I'm running the Twins right now, they could influence my decision-making in the next four or five games sure. before the deadline. Yeah, And no. maybe I'm crazy to say that, but that's kind of where they're at right now. I mean, but I, I could see you making a rational argument either way. Let, uh, let me unpack this. Despite either extreme, the Twins could win every game between now and the deadline, and I could still hear you saying, hmm, well, they're offering us one high-end pitching prospect who's ready to pop and a really good position player prospect, and they'd be the new top two prospects in our... We're talking top 25 prospects in baseball. It doesn't matter if you win all four of those games. You still have to listen to that trade call. Did we do... Did you and I do... I can't remember last week's episode in full, because I know Judd and I spent on our on our radio show an hour, I think on Thursday, just going through hypothetical would-you-do-this trade scenarios. Was Doogie in the, the studio he, he, with you was, guys? It was... Uh, yeah, it was definitely Would you listen to Doogie Nick Gordon for Garrett <laughs> but, no, but, but you and I didn't do this on the podcast. We haven't we? done it. I, let me just quick finish my point. I'll let you dive into it. Is that you could go the other extreme, too. You could lose every game, and I could still see you making the case that, yeah, let's add an eighth-inning guy and, and see what happens here. Yeah. Yeah, and they and they need an eighth-inning guy for next year, too. I mean, t- no so, so Taylor Rogers is a great example. Taylor Rogers has shown a lot of promise this season. Mm-hmm. But we... Much like we have beer goggles when it comes to quarterbacks, we have quarterback beer goggles if you follow the Vikings in this town. You've seen so many crappy, failed quarterbacks that the minute a Sam Bradford pops up and just has a competent, average season, you, oh, we got we to lock him up long-term, right? Sure, yeah, okay, I see, I see what you're saying. $20 million guarantee or $50 million guarantee, yeah, you got to lock him up. Right. He's the 16th best quarterback in the league. Let's... Let's date, not marry in this case. Okay. With the Twins, we've seen so many bad pitchers and specifically bad relievers, too, and just a lack of a bullpen bridge. The minute Taylor Rogers has five good outings and shaves his ERA down by you know two and a half, we sit here and say, oh, my God, you know, t- bullpen bridge being built. Taylor Rogers has a chance to be a serviceable reliever who can get both lefties and righties out. But when he waltzes into Dodger Stadium against that lineup, a road game, playoffs are 
sort of in the balance before the trade deadline. You're you're pitching some big games here, and he hangs. It's a it was a bad pitch. Hangs a breaking ball. Cody Bellinger hits a game changing three run homer. Mm-hmm. Taylor Rogers is not the second best reliever on a credible playoff team. He's a lefty specialist who could maybe get some guys out if it's bottom of the order right handers. Like he's not a guy that you're going to put in there against really tough right handed hitters. So all of this is to say that you're feeling out your roster big time and you're finding some things out about your roster. Bartolo Colon, yep. Kind of what we thought, can't go through a lineup a third time. Mm-hmm. Taylor Rogers, yep, kind of what we thought, pretty good, can't miss a lot of bats. And against really good hitters, he's going to be overmatched for the most part. Let me circle back on on the point, the question that I asked you, um, and, and then get to the trade oh, yeah. hypothetical if you want I've got to a bunch that. of juicy ones here, Excellent. right? Excellent. Right. A bunch of would you do this okay. if you were the Twins Hopefully trades. a lot of scoops, too. If uh, what what I find is interesting is, would you still consider selling it? And I personally would. So I was curious to hear what you thought about it, because you basically you just traded a low level prospect for a, you know like an organizational catcher. I'm not sure they're expecting a lot out of the catcher, and then twelve starts for Jaime Garcia, ten twelve starts. So it's not like they've made some massive investment in the present in the present and and sold off some massive asset in the future. They sold some high-end uncertainty for 10 to 12 to 13 starts of relative certainty because Jaime Garcia is a better pitcher than Kyle Gibson. He's a better pitcher right now than Alberto Mejia. You got a little bit of certainty in the middle of your rotation, but it's not like they went and got a team-controlled ace. It, it's not like this move was, all right, boom, it's time to take seriously the 2017 Twins. It was more like, all right, we got to do something. Like, I I need new furniture in my bedroom, and I'm not ready to go to, like, Ethan Allen and spend an entire fortune, but, like, we should stop by a garage sale <laughs> on the Ethan Allen home. reference on the We should I went stop to, by a garage sale. I went to sale. Ethan Allen, like, two months ago. Oh, now, yeah. unless Ethan Allen wants to endorse us on this podcast, and we love Ethan <laughs> Allen, and we are your guys if you're looking for furniture. It's like, wait a second. This footrest costs oh, seven hundred dollars. <laughs> right. What is it? What is it made out of? Which is why I'm saying, you know, they didn't go find a Chris Archer. <laughs> they stopped by a garage sale on the way home, and were like, yeah, these nightstands will do. Yeah, this dresser will be fine. Um, so, okay, hypothetical trade scenarios in just a second. But first, a word for speaking of sponsorships, Luther Brookdale Toyota, the fine people who I have been taking cars to that service department. Since I was 16 years old, half my life has been spent getting oil changes and other maintenance, trading in cars, leasing cars. And you know, as I drive around the Twin Cities, I in my Toyota, by the way, little uh, 2016 Camry Sport with the sunroof. It's very nice this time of year, very durable, very cost-efficient. But I drive around, and I see all kinds of other dealerships. And I've never really even thought about cheating on Luther Brookdale Toyota because they are so good in the service area, and the people are so knowledgeable and uh, treat you like a part of their own family, there's really no reason to check out any other dealership or service department. So highly recommended. It's a place my family and I have been going to for three-plus decades, and it's on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, Luther Brookdale Toyota and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Okay, the would-you-trade scenarios here. So I'll, I'll throw a few of these out. 
And and I don't know. Like th- th- this is more from the Twins' perspective, and I'm trying to make these deals fair for the sure. other team. And and I think these are all actually sunny gray trades. Okay, I was so. going to say I'll try to be the Oakland A's in this scenario. I, just for anyone who didn't catch the Doogie reference, I'm not dogging on him. He used to run the Twins uh, post game wrap, and it would basically, from what I'm told, it used to be just all hypothetical trades. I went on with Doogie one time. He was pinch hitting for you guys, I think, at the convention center on uh, the 2014 All Star break and you know minneapolis is the center of the baseball world and he's he's doing it it was a saturday show you know what i, I he wasn't pitching for you it was for uh pat and judd yeah, i would never i would never sit a day game after a night game during the all-star <laughs> festivities i don't know that's not what the scouting report says <laughs> um but yeah so i went he asked me to go on as the twins guy and it was flattering and I, I joined him on the stage and it turned into like an hour and a half of yeah but which prospects are actually untouchable would you trade this guy for this guy would you trade that guy for this yeah, guy i love that and i was so like good. so unprepared for it but his his peppering me has prepared me for this moment right here i think <laughs> i'm ready to do this okay i'm gonna start with an aj ramos trade okay zach granite who i believe has only four strikeouts in his first maybe 45 career major league plate appearances so he's didn't strike out much in the minor leagues, making a lot of contact early on here. Batting average and on base on the rise. He's drawing some walks. Would you trade straight up for a year and a half of A.J. Ramos, Zach Granite? No. If I thought this Brad team was... Brad Brock or either one of those guys, any of the guys with a year and a half, like the setup guys. Yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to dig more on Brad Brock, but I, I think Zach Granite's ceiling is higher than most people here seem to think that it is. A lot of people here say like he's a fourth too. outfielder. I think he's a starting outfielder, and I think that the upside goes beyond that. A guy who really, really understands his strike zone. And if the Twins were like, as Thad Levine is wont to say, if they thought that they were one piece away from like a championship-caliber club, yeah, you'll trade that guy because he might not be a starter, and that's a bit of a lottery ticket even though he's reached the high minors. His bat's not ready for the big leagues yet, but I think it's not that far away. And so... If they were closer, those are the kinds of pieces that I'd be looking to. All right, sure, yeah, let's figure this out. Yeah, Eddie Rosario, yeah, he's a big part of our present, but also we'll take this gamble. We we got to have that piece to be a World Series contender, and and that's what the Twins would need to add. Since they're kind of just like half in, half out contenders, I don't think I'd want to give up Zach Granite for a, a year and a half of a of a reliever. So I said yes of when they were when they were three games above five hundred and a half game back of Cleveland. I said yes. Mm-hmm. Now they're in third place. Now they're five hundred, and, and it shouldn't change my answer that much. But but I think you're looking to scrap to to eighty five wins, and I yeah. do think AJ Ramos helps you get there. I I would strongly consider this because you'd get him for next year too. I'd think about it on both of the guys. Um, I like David Phelps, uh, who went to the Mariners in the trade. Um, I kind of feel like the Twins might have missed the boat on that one, but I can see why if you're the Mariners, you you maybe pay a price of. I think they gave four prospects for him. I liked David Phelps, um, but. The the other thing that I'll say, and then we can go a little more rapid fire on some of the others, is that I would have maybe told you something different 72 hours ago. Well, they played bad baseball against the Dodgers, which whatever, you know, you're expecting to hopefully get one out of three in L.A. I'm not saying you should have swept that series, but the Royals also made a trade that was very much, yeah, we're going for it. What are you guys doing? You got Jaime Garcia? Okay, cool. I see your Jaime Garcia, and I raise you. Two interesting bullpen arms and a starting pitcher who's better than Jaime Garcia. They went and get Trevor Cahill from the Padres. And that, to me, 
with the Royals being a team that's kind of right around where you are, maybe just like a tiny leg up on you, and then they go and get better than you, that changes the math. And at the risk of sounding like I'm waffling, I don't think that the Twins' playoff percent chance is as high as it was three days ago. Yeah. Small sample size, don't get me wrong, but the Royals really went for it. They're investing. I think we've all been talking about the sleeping giant in Cleveland. Maybe they take off, maybe they don't. But the Royals making themselves better, improving themselves more than you've improved yourself, it makes me less uh, – I'm a little more cautious when then approaching a, a rental reliever. Would you trade Eddie Rosario, Nick Gordon, and a pitching prospect that's closer to like 15th or 20th in your organization – so not Steven Gonsalves, not Fernando Romero, but a pit, like like the pitcher that was just traded. Or, what was this guy's Oscar name again? Oscar Enoa or yeah. Nick Birdie. Enoa or Nick Birdie. But Rosario and Nick Gordon would be the two centerpieces for Sonny Gray. So two I'm, and a half years of Sonny Gray would instantly be your best starting pitcher. Yeah, he's your ace. Uh, so you've got him for 2018 and 2019. And he would be 27 through 29 years old over the two and a half years. And you're losing who? Rosario, Gordon, and a pitcher. Yeah. Uh, birdie. Let's just throw Birdie mm-hmm. in there. Hmm. I'm tempted. And or I think, or uh, let me phrase it this way, because I'll give you a, a, I think, cho- a choose I think your, the answer is yes. I'd probably do that. Because I think I do. Here's where it's tough. I would have said yes on that. For sure, a month and a half ago. Sure, but now Jorge Polanco is out of minor league options. Yeah, and he's hitting two sixteen. Yeah, that ain't and not work. playing great shortstop. He's. A I think baseman. Nick Gordon was much more expendable a month ago when you thought Jorge Polanco had a chance to be your shortstop, but now that doesn't look like it's the case. But here's the other thing: Nick Gordon is similar to Jorge Polanco in that, or maybe like. Polanco two years ago, in that you like the bat and you're just hoping he can be a shortstop. I've heard from some scouts. Do we even like the bat for Polanco anymore? No, absolutely not. But that that might be a short term blip. I'm like I'm willing to be a little patient with a 24 year old shortstop who's got a track record of hitting. Uh, but right now, yeah, he's a bench player at best. And Nick Gordon, to me, I, I've had some scouts say that no chance he cannot stay on the left side of second base. He is a second baseman. Period. But I've also had some other scouts who say, I understand why people are down on him, but I think he's a big league shortstop. And I think, so when I hear those two varying scattering reports, I think that there's a possibility in there. There's like sure. this, there's this chance that you're going to be able to outsmart the market, that, that maybe the price you'd pay is for a second baseman, and you get a shortstop for that. And there's value in that. And I think the Twins have to think long and hard before giving up that kind of so value. here's what I would do, and I don't know what the A's would say to me, but... I would I would make a push in the next few days for Sonny Gray because he doesn't just help you this year, and he helps you a lot this year, a lot. Th- think about, so you've got a five-man rotation, and you it's, it's, it's not about it, you know, how much better is he than Irvin Santana. It's about how much better is he than the guy you're bumping from the rotation. How much which better is he than Bartolo, Bartolo Colon? Yeah, a lot better. Or yeah. Kyle Gibson, who yeah. just got bumped and who will probably, probably be back at some point. But it, the gap is so wide, and so yep. he's more valuable for, for this year's Twins team. Here's what I would do. I would go to the A's. I would go to Billy Bean. And Billy Bean does not get fleeced in trades very often, so you'd have to bring a fair big-time offer. And I would say, here are three of our top prospects. In fact, probably our three top prospects, depending on what you think of Royce Lewis. But I would I would write on a piece of paper, Nick Gordon, Stephen Gonsalves, 
and Fernando Romero. And I would say, pick one. Whichever one you want, pick one. Here's Eddie Rosario on fire right now and finally coming into his own as a hitter. He's more patient. He's 25 years old, and he has like three years of team control left. And then pick any two prospects outside of our top 15 organizational rankings. So, Or even like outside, we could negotiate that, outside of the top 10. If it's between 10 and 15, you get one of them. And you'd have to decide on like Just, Baseball America's rankings or something. You're writing this on the back of a napkin or what? So Eddie Rosario. <laughs> yes. And then pick one of the top three, not counting Royce Lewis. Yes. Nick Gordon, Steven Gonsalves, Fernando Romero. And then depending on what the other one or two prospects are, pick pick one between 10 and 15 Baseball America rankings. And then pick another one that's more of a flyer. That's let, like fringe top 20. Let me ask you this, Billy. Would you consider swapping one of those top prospects out for Jorge Polanco? Or have you seen enough damaged goods from Polanco this year that even though he's a— Well, if I'm the Twins and I could get away with trading I mean. Polanco and Rosario give for me, Sonny Gray? Give me Polanco, oh my God. Rosario, like, and two Flyers. Oh, where do I— Sign where do, me up. Where do I fax or yesterday. scan or whatever? Yeah. What? Yeah, so that's the Does problem. Baseball still make you fax in the trade report? That That's happened a couple times where teams are trying to fax the damn trade in— Come on! Yeah, it jams, but... and they don't get the trade in. Well, Come on! So the problem is that like Polanco coming into this year had so much more value, and I'm trying to decide if it's my recency bias or just the fact that, no, no, he's not a big league shortstop. Like It could be that simple, scary truth. He has very little value, I think, in trade discussions right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. I mean, he's 23, so there's value there. There's a track record of being a good hitter. There's things there. But if you're a team, you have so much leverage over the Twins. Because you know the Twins don't... If the Twins are floating Jorge Polanco, it means they're thinking about not wanting him on the roster. And they right. don't... The Twins don't have leverage because they can't send him to AAA. I know. He looks like the kind of player that you wish you had a minor league option for right now. He would not be the shortstop for the Twins. In fact... I think you can make the case already that he's not. Anyways, back to the hypothetical trade. There's got to be some other ones if, because— If Oakland really likes Jorge Polanco and Eddie Rosario, I'm assuming they're going to want a pitcher back. So I think what they would—if yeah. you went to them and said, all right, this is going to pain us because we think Fernando Romero is going to be a stud, but we'll give you Fernando Romero and one of our major league guys like Rosario and Polanco, and go ahead. Like You get an established major league player, and you get our best pitching prospect— I and think, we get Sonny Gray for two and a half years. Yeah, I think both some, teams would take interest in that. I think. Yeah, there are some people that are going to hear that and think you're crazy because you're giving up six years of team control of a guy who might be a stud, and that's fair. I get that. You're talking about like, does the war balance? No, probably not. In fact, almost definitely it would tip in favor of the Athletics. But that's assuming that Romero's career pans out the way it is. Remember, even top young pitching prospects, when you project their war over their first six years of team control, which is a fun, nerdy thing to do. Trust me, I get caught up in it all the time. Even when you're projecting those things out, you can't assign very much, very many wins above replacement because the injury track record of pitchers is it's just so dense. I remember last year when Jose Barreos was you know, in the throws of prospect talk and getting the call up and then eventually sort of struggling in the big leagues. But before before the struggling became very real, 
there's that uh, Fangraphs. Do you read the Fangraphs prospects stuff very often? The Coteau uh, projection systems and stuff. Yeah, I mean, so, not like on a regular daily sure. basis. Yeah, but it's yeah. not your homepage. Sure, no, the, I've got a bookmark. Your articles aren't either. <laughs> I found that out <laughs> the hard way over time. But the Coteau rankings had Boreos. They picked comparables and based on his minor league stats, and one of the comparables was Pedro Martinez, and it was like what? And even so, even a projection system that was so bullish on Boreos that they would compare him to a legit Hall of Famer said that his first six years of team control are worth roughly 10 wins above replacement which like 10 wins that's not that see much. this like and, like and I and I'm a huge stat geek but I honestly I hate it when yeah like to try and project this and is to my try point. and use wins above replacement which is which, which is a nebulous measurement anyways yes and try and boil it down in some ways you, you have to figure out how much does Sonny Gray mean to you as an organization based on where you're at yes. with every step of the process? And so this is my point. that the, It can't the, just be a, a formula. The equation isn't about balancing war on each side of the equal sign, on each side of the trade. The equation to me is not an equation. It's a thought experiment. It's a concept. It's trying to figure out how much is present value worth to you and how much is future value worth to you. And then once you've got that question answered – what is which by the way a very difficult thing to answer uh, even if you work full time on it and you have a whole team trying to help you out now once you've got those questions sort of answered or you think that you have a good idea then you've got to figure out percentage chance that this player is this good percentage chance that he's this good and if he's this good uh let's let's flip it i was actually talking about romero there what's the percentage chance that he's a number 5 starter what's the percentage chance that he's a bust what's the percentage chance that he's an ace and you figure out and weigh all that stuff for you, Oakland. But then if you're the Twins and you're getting back a pitcher like Sonny Gray, you say, what does this do for us right now? Who are we, the 2017 Twins, with a Sonny Gray? Yeah. Who are we? How good are we? How far can we go? What's our percentage chance? And then how's the 2018 team looking? And how's the 2019 team Keep in mind, this guy's going to be expensive with his arbitration raises, but you'll absolutely pay that. Yeah, it's but better Joe, than getting a free agent pitcher at his time. But when he gets really, I, by the end of it, by his last year with the Twins, and as I as I sit here, the, it says uh, there's a couple reports. Mark Feinsand from MLB.com yeah. saying that the Yankees and A's are making progress on okay. a, a larger deal, including Yonder Alonso and and Sonny Gray. So That'd we're going to find out so exactly fun. what his value is. But yeah, um, all right, but. Joe Maurer's twenty three million come off the books. That all that money comes off the books. Oh yeah, for, I'm not worried the about hypothetical money. third year of Sunday. Yeah, I'm not worried about money at all. And then if you if things go disastrously wrong, like you're not a postseason team in 2018 or 19, well, okay, then you can trade Sonny Gray. Like you have outs. You you're not really painting yourself into a corner like you would be if you were signing a pitcher to a nine year contract extension or, or something crazy like. Adding Sonny Gray as a value add for right now and puts you in position to be a postseason team for at least three years, right? You've got Irvin Santana and whatever you think about him at age 34, age 35, and age 36. He's been really solid for you. Then, mid, then, mid rotation then he guy. slots in as your mid-rotation guy. He exactly slots in where right. he should be, which is number three, exactly number four. Exactly right. And Jose Barreos, you expect, probably ready to take that step right now, be a number two, number three kind of guy, uh, even on a postseason team. So... The team is just interesting enough that I think if you were going to add a Sonny Gray and you were going to do these kind of these crazy trades where you're giving up tons of future value, which, by the way, I don't think are that crazy, I, 
I think that you would have to say, yes, we'll do that, and we'll also go get uh, an eighth inning guy or a closer or something like that. I don't think you can just say, all right, well, starting rotation's been upgraded. We got Gray and Jaime Garcia, and now let's ride. It's like, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna patch some of the holes, you might as well patch them all and go for it. And it just, I just don't get the sense that the twins are in that go for it mindset. So, well, we we should do. Let's pause it here because we should. Let's come back later this week when maybe more information's out there. Maybe the sure. landscape is different, and even a couple games here and there could really, really drastically impact what the Twins do or don't do. So um, let's come up with more hypotheticals maybe for later in the week and do a bonus touch them all episode as I'm the down. trade deadline gets a little bit closer. Facebook Live, too. We should give a quick plug for that. If you're not already a fan of 1500 ESPN on Facebook, go check that out because Phil and I do – Facebook Live stuff on there all the time. We'll do Twins Q&As this week. People are really curious about the trade deadline. And I find that's like, the podcast is awesome because we can put our thoughts out there in a non-compressed sort of way. But it's sort of a one-way conversation. We don't really get to hear from you guys. Facebook, we do get to have that back and forth. Uh, so so like 1500 ESPN on Facebook and stop by for our Twins Q&As. I guarantee you we'll do some trade deadline stuff this week.